So listen, Neil, I want to thank you, first of all, for doing this, because this is just going to be one of many times I'm sure we're going to get together and talk, because we're talking all the time. So the last time we wrote, the last time we wrote was what? It's been almost, it's been since the corona. No, we wrote during the corona time. Yeah, I think so. Just you and me down at Cheever, I think. Twice. I think we did it twice, because the first time we went, people were talking about the fact we weren't wearing masks. My mother said that oh, in the yeah, picture. Yeah. And the next time we rode, I don't think... Yeah, the, the, the car park was blocked off, wasn't it? It was, it was. But we went in anyway. And yep. I think the next time we rode was down to Shimoda. Oh, yeah, that was a great ride. Didn't we? That was a good ride. Mm. Yeah. So, you still loving your Triumph? Um, I might be changing uh -oh. it soon, I think. Why? What, what happened? What's wrong with it? I don't know. It's just, it, it's a nice bike, but it, it doesn't do anything superbly well. So, I mean, you know, it's a really nice bike, but mm. it doesn't have any wind protection. You know, yeah, it can go off road. You can't buy any for it either, can you? It's not no, so not at all. So, I'm thinking about maybe something different. But let's wait and see. Well, you know what you need to get? Is a Rocket GT. That's right. You need to get a Rocket. Not, not a Rocket, yeah, a Rocket GT. The same thing I'm going to get. Yeah, yeah, as yeah. long as you get it. That's right. I will. It you should get be one. here in January, I'm told. Is that right? Yeah. Because right now, all they have is a Rocket R, right? Yeah, they have Rocket R, but you can make it into a GT. It's just why, a lot more no, expensive. No, no, no. I wouldn't. But why do that? Get one that's mm. made the way it's supposed yeah. to be made. Because there's yeah. always a problem when they start adding things and taking things away. It's always sure. a problem. Sure. I understand. So, Mrs. you're going to get the rock. I'm thinking. So, have you been riding anywhere far since the last time we went riding? I went um, to Nagano on a Gaijin Riders uh, old boys ride. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, and, I, and I wasn't told. When was this? Uh, this was two weeks ago. Okay. Uh, just to let you know, it rained every single day. See, I know. Uh, and it even started snowing, so it was miserable. I can imagine. I wish I'd never gone. Yeah. See, the thing is, I've been staying away from all that. That's what's kept me off of my bike for so long, because yeah, of yeah. all the rain. Yeah. Don't do it. But from yeah. now on, it becomes very dry. So there's yeah. no excuses. That's right. The only thing we have to deal with now is the weather. Being cold, it gets a little chilly. Well, I'm a bit, I'm a, I'm a bit more dense than you, so I'm more resistant to the cold well, than you really? are. You mean mentally? And physically, <laughs> sadly, sadly, and mentally. I that's think. because yeah, yeah. that's because you were a rugby player, and and you made yes. yourself that way. You really wanted. Tell me a little bit about your, you, because people are going to be seeing this don't know you the way okay. I know you. Now, let me go right right back to the beginning. Okay. I wasn't dropped from a spaceship, even though people think I was. Uh, so basically, uh, born in Singapore. Yes. Uh, my mother was uh, a doctor there taking care of the army and my father was, uh, was a high school teacher. And then from the age of four, moved to Hong Kong. Then my father became a headmaster of a, of a school called KG5, King George V School. Right. And my mother looked after the Gurkha Regiment, the Nepalese army, uh, basically taking care of them in Hong Kong. Yeah. I then moved back to Wales when I was about six or seven. Um, then basically uh, in, in, in UK, comprehensive school, which is English for junior and, and, uh, and high school put together, um, was there basically. Then went to university up in Newcastle. Um, and then from there, I went to, um, I started traveling, doing my, my rugby career. So uh, California, South Africa, New Zealand, Australia, America, and Japan. And the, uh, basically this is the last rugby. place you ended up here. You ended up here. Uh, yeah, so I, I basically came over here, played rugby with Toyota. Um, and then basically stayed here. And how long, yeah, how, long, how long were you here? I've been here about 23 years now. So you came here originally just with rugby? Uh, originally for rugby. 
Um, I also did a lot of judo before, so I was also attracted here to do some judo as well. Right, right. Um, so 23 years ago, 23 years ago, you came over here to play rugby? A very long time ago, yes. Wow. I was a legend, sadly. I'm not anymore. Tell me about it. That's, <laughs> no, no. As a matter of fact, I remember when we were riding, someone came up to you and said, ah, when we stopped at that park, that, um, that um, right. auto park, the guy walked up to you and he recognized you because he was a rugby sure. fan. And you sure. kind of, I saw that glow, the way you started to walk a little bit. Oh, uh, you know. You know. It's a little, <laughs> I, I, just, I just needed to go to the toilet. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't a walk. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's kind of a bit weird, right? Because, That's right. I mean, many people maybe in a similar situation, like you, you've, you've changed so much in what you were before. And you, and you were very happy about that time and you wouldn't change it for the world. That's right. Uh, maybe yeah. apart from the injuries I had, but... Uh, but now I'm just very different now, uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, uh, but but it, it's a good different, you know. There's no regrets at all. That's true. Um, and yeah, That's a good playing rugby was a, a wonderful way to travel around the world. Um, and sadly, I was born to be a rugby player. I'm big and mm -hmm. stupid, so it's perfect. No, no, you're thick as you can be, but you ride. You're just as agile as anybody would ever <laughs> be. I'm it's a bike that's agile. Not the me. way you handle that bike, I'm telling you what. But you, I have to say, you're one of the most equipped person around. You, you wear this vest that's ready to inflate as soon as you hit the ground. Yes. Expecting to hit the ground. I said, yes. Shoot. Just in case. You use technology to its best advantage. That's why your wife loves you to ride with me, because you've told her about how I ride. I, I tell you, you're such a fast rider. You, you told me. Uh, you said, <laughs> when that turtle passed me is when you said, okay. <laughs> no, you know, but the great thing is, right, you know, there's two kinds of riding. One ride yeah. is where you go fast and you don't see anything around you apart right. from the road ahead of you. Then there are other times when you go with a person like yourself where you really enjoy the ride. Right. You but look my bike's, mountain, but my bike's not set up like your bike's anyway. All of exactly. you guys are riding these, what they call yeah. rockets. I'm not, yeah, a, yeah. mine's a cruiser. Sure. And you can ride but it like you, that, but, but, but you, I take more of a risk. Well. But I take but more of a well. risk to try to corner the way you guys do. I take more of a risk because my bike is not sure. set up for that. Right. Well, I think that the next bike you get is going to have a lot of the, the oh, rider right. aids, that's right. traction that's control, right. ABS. So that's going to be a lot, a lot more confidence inspiring for you. And the bike itself is very agile. That's true. So I think it'll be a, per a perfect bike for you. Yeah. So Neil, what did you do before you got into what you're doing that I want just to talk about? Because Crystal yeah, so, Lock so, is the bomb. <laughs> right. Well, you know. So I, I, said, I came over here, played rugby, went back, right. basically did my MBA came back to Japan, started English teaching just for about a year or so, just to be able to get the visa and stuff. And then I started recruiting. Uh, so I've been recruiting about 19 years now. Okay. So in the beginning, I was in the semiconductor area. Then I was in the wireless and telecommunication area. Uh, then I was in kind of like the embedded technology area. And more recently, I, I've been working in the automotive area for the active safety stuff. So all the... Um, um, active cruise control and camera systems and radar systems and stuff like that. So you're still but doing that now? You're still doing, yeah, that, still now. doing that now. Okay. But COVID's had a really big impact on the automotive manufacturers because any kind of big ticket item, people tend to kind of delay. Yeah, they, they just hold on to their car for another one or two years. Right. So, so, the, so that's kind of had a, kind of a big impact on my business. But in the meantime, um, I started, um, I met with a, a very nice gentleman called Jamie Wilson um, and he was a president of a company called CryptoLock. And CryptoLock are basically a cyber, kind of a cyber security country, company. Nothing to do with, 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 crypto tech, with cryptocurrencies or anything. Um, the name is just CryptoLock. And uh, basically, they have some very, very unique IP and algorithms that, that basically protect your data. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, they're a Brisbane-based company. Um, and I became their rep director over here a few months ago. Mm -hmm. uh, and I take care of Japan and the Middle East. 
and uh, we're starting to go through things and business is starting to come along quite well. Um, it's a very recognized company. It was voted by Forbes as a top 20 technology company to watch this year. Mm -hmm. um, so that was a very nice thing. Um, and yes, yeah, so we're kind of moving forward with that. Uh, as you know, Japan is a very slow country to set businesses up. So we've just set up the KK here and we've set up the bank account, which took an awful long time. Mm -hmm. uh, some of that was down to COVID, uh, basically the government basically prioritizing things. Mm -hmm. um, but now we're basically ready um, to kind of get going and we've got some good business going in the Middle East already. And maybe we'll be talking with some of the uh, government, low-level government people, see if we can help out on the Japanese digitization. Just I mean, now how, you didn't involve with crypto luck. How did that happen? How did you, did yeah, you seek it's, it's them out of, or did they seek you out? Actually, neither. It's really interesting. So I had a very good friend of mine that uh, kind of came over with Jamie to try and basically get some, some funding for his company. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, the, ori the original plan was for that gentleman to move back to Japan and, and become the, the country director. Um, but just, just for a few reasons and for his own personal reasons, um, I got to know him very well. And I basically became the rep director instead. So basically, I, I, I was introduced to Jamie through that introduction. Mm -hmm. um, and we basically built up our relationship ever since. Mm. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, it's, it's been quite an enjoyable, enjoyable thing. It's quite different to what I've done before. But then again, it really isn't because... Business is basically knowing people, communicating with people, Isn't that right? trusting always, people. Always. It's very simple. But people always try to complicate it, but really it's simple. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, we say in, 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 in recruiting, you hire on hard skills and you, and you fire on soft skills. Right. You know, it's very easy to find a guy that can do C++, but if he can't talk to you, and if he can't be a team member, then there's no oh, point. That's right, that's you right. Know, yeah. And so you soft skill. Right ahead. There's someone that you hired that I'm not going to say much about that I saw the other yes. day. I asked if he was still with you, and he said no. And I knew that because we, <laughs> he wasn't going to be there long. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so it's, it's, it's a really a dilemma, you know, yeah. So kind of in, in the recruiting area, I mean, you can make a very good living doing recruiting. Right. But uh, there are basically like three kinds of recruiters. I mean, the first one is, is a guy that comes over to Japan for maybe one or two years, wants to make some money, then go travel around Thailand. That's okay. okay. Then you have another kind of person that is the stepping stone to something else. So, for example, they become a recruiter and then one of their clients will take them on as a, like an in, internal recruiter. So it becomes like a full-time kind of job. And the third one is a kind of a person like me that works with a company and then sets up his own company. And uh, my present company, Alto, is actually my fifth company I've set it's up. Of doing the same thing? Yeah, yeah same thing. I Ooh, sold why? the other three. Okay. What, yeah, to, the com I mean, to the companies that you were doing most business with or something like that? Just very big companies like Manpower Group and people like that. Right. So that they purchased my company mm -hmm. uh, and I basically worked there on a three or five year tranche system. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I've done that about three times now. Now, did you think and about doing okay. that? Was that what you planned on doing from the very beginning? Build up the company enough to start to sell it? I kind of realized that, you know, sales is kind of of like walking up a sand dune where your legs are just moving 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 and you don't go forward you don't go backwards you just kind of stay still and i realized quite quickly that to make any really decent money you know i i, I think the best way would have been to, to set up a company mm -hmm. and then uh, basically um the, the company feeds me every month um you know we build the company up day by day and it gains value and then we're also able then to, to sell it to another company mm -hmm. so uh, i felt that it, it just fed me very well and I did that, as I mentioned, three times before. Mm -hmm. um, and also, when you work for a company, I, I think many of your listeners will, will agree, you, you learn many, many things, but the, the strongest things you learn are the things that you shouldn't do, not the things you should do. Well, that, you that's, know, yes, life. So, that's called life, I yeah, believe. Yeah, that's 
that's, I, I agree with you completely. You know? right. So I, I worked with a few companies and I, I learned how not to do things. And I learned that, uh, that the only way really to have control of my life would have my own company. Right. And so I set up my own company and it's just a better way, I think. But, but it's it, not without stress. But some people are very fearful of that. It's just like everyone's not going to be a good manager. Everyone's not right. going to be a good teacher. So you have sure. to know, I believe, what mm. suits your personality best. And that has a lot to do sure. with the way you were raised, sure. the way your parents were towards you, and the type of teachers that inspired you, what they were yeah. like. Because that's a lot. That says a whole Absolutely. Thing, you know. Absolutely. I mean... I think everybody needs to have a good mentor in their life. And I think everybody has to have somebody that you can talk to. Mm -hmm. There are certain things you need to discuss with somebody you trust. That's right. I mean, you know, you know 95% of your life is easy. But mm -hmm. there's, there's that 5% where you really need Get in to a corner and you need to talk with someone. And, and if you're very fortunate, you have that kind of person that, that you can trust. That's and true. I think a lot of people don't have that person. That's true. You know, you yeah. see, Neil, don't you think that you have to cultivate that? Because I was just talking, I was just giving asked to give an interview by one of my staff doing a thing on business. Yep. And she said, Mr. Lee, what do you think is something you should, is important for people doing business in Japan? I said, make sure you get a mentor, but understand that the responsibility is more on you than the person mm -hmm. who's mentoring you. You should know yep. their birthday. You should make sure that you made all, make all the appointments properly. Ask them what you can do to help them. It's not a one-way street. Mm -hmm. That way your mentor will always be there for you. It's not something you take lightly. And you don't yeah. treat them like you might treat some of your friends. Mm. <laughs> it's a little bit different. There has to come yeah. a little bit of respect with that. Yeah. And be willing to, 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 to let them make faults and stuff because they have knowledge sure. and experience and you may not be their biggest priority. Sure. I had mentors I mean, like that. You know, yeah. but I think, um, I mean, related to business, I mean, what makes a good businessman? I mean, yeah, I mean, luck does come into it sometimes, of course. Don't you think so? I really believe you know, that. Yeah, really you know, I mean, there are moments, but I think no. the biggest thing is is fear, or the the ability to risk something. Mm -hmm. So I think that many many people they 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 they, they just are not comfortable risking much. Okay. Um, and when I say yeah, but risk can be very a very managed risk, right? You know, I mean, it's not stupidity. Right. You know, yeah, because nothing is ever set, nothing is ever guaranteed. But you just have to be confident in yourself right. and believe that you can do something. Right. And then you try to do it. And that's right. kind of the risk. I agree. Listen, yeah, yeah. the way I think we've talked about this before, because it mm. depends on how you look at risk. The reason mm. why I start, started my companies is because I was afraid of the risk of trusting some other company. That mm. they would be able yeah. to give me the kind of income on the kind of basis and the right. kind of work schedule I wanted. That mm. seemed to be a bigger risk than me than me doing it myself. Sure. Now I, agree. I knew, I mean, and, I, and I've never, yeah. I, I work for the largest corporation on this planet, the US military. Right. <laughs> Where if I did something they didn't like, they could imprison that or kill me. <laughs> so <laughs> after working oh, wow. for them, after working for them, sure. I realized that's not something I'd be good at doing. Right. Being sure. in a company where um, you know your manager isn't as competent as you are. Right. Because he's been there longer. You sure. can't go over him or sure. around him. So, yeah. I mean, one of the biggest issues, you know, is that with a bigger company is that there are so many people that are somehow directly or indirectly connected to you. So there's an awful lot of meetings, an awful lot of questions, an awful, awful lot of telephone conversations. But if you're kind of based on sales where you basically you're graded on how much money you make then every minute you have is potentially a way of making money. And every minute That's taken right. away is, is taken. So with these big companies, everybody wanted to have meetings with me every day. 
And, uh, and I just said, no, no, this, this doesn't make sense. I mean, <laughs> you want me to make money, then please stop talking to me. Let, let me make some money. Oh, but I need to know. No, no, you, you, you don't need to know. You know, yeah, I mean, at the end of the week, I'll give you an update. At the end of the month, I'll give you an update. You know, yeah, and if I'm not doing very well, fire me. It's okay. Mm. Uh, so, you know, so I, I said, so if you want to have a meeting with me, um, I kind of made it a rule where they had to, open, they had to sit, fill out a little questionnaire. Mm -hmm. So what is a meeting? Why are we having a meeting? What do they hope to get from the meeting? You know, that and they answered their own question. They answered yeah. their own questions. If, right? And if, and if they didn't answer the questions, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have a meeting with them. And even if they answered the questions, I still wouldn't have a meeting with right, them. Right, right. <laughs> it, it just didn't make any sense to have a meeting with them, you know? So that, that was kind of the way is that there are, in any organization, I think, probably about 5% of the organization really does something. And 95% are there kind of like a foundation or a support or something. Right, right. Or keep even a Right. Yeah, yeah, basically. But it's just those key people that make the difference. That's true. You know, yeah. But, but, but by them making a difference, hopefully the people around them will understand and then they will also imitate or, you know, or something like that. hence the mentoring right. that we talked about before. That's but true. I mean, but this is also, I think, very cultural because, I mean, Japanese people tend to be quite pessimistic generally. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they, they save so much of the money because they truly believe that something bad will happen. Well, see, they come you know, from, yeah, you but, know. but Neil, 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 there's psychological yeah. reason for that, and there's a true reason, right. too. They're on right. an island that suffers from right. earthquakes, typhoons, right. and they're worried about fire. Right. And they're compacted in one area. That's another reason why I think that socially, through the mm. centuries, they've learned not to be yeah. too emotional about it, because of all yeah. the countries, when they have a disaster, you'll have a Japanese man here. You can see in the background, his house has just been devastated and it's going, right. falling off the side of a hill and he'll go, yep. Shogunai. Yep. You know, and, and, and be smiling. But in yep. other countries, Asian as well, they're crying, buckets full of tears, and all they did was lost their bike or something. Japan has learned to deal with these disasters as if it's just sure. part of life. So, I mean, you know, there are two key things, I think, which sets Japan apart, I think, generally. So, number one is the concept of expectation. That's right. I mean, so expectation is directly related to disappointment or to joy. Okay. Uh, you know, if your expectation is realistic, you'll be happy every day. Uh, if your expectations are not, then you'll be unhappy every day. I you know, that. so in Japan, they're incredibly managed in their expectations. So, you know, they'll go to do a PhD in the best university in Japan. And yet they have no expectation that they should be paid more than anybody else. That's right. You know, yeah, they have, you know, you, you go to like this in America, to Harvard, Yale, you know, Princeton, you, you have expect, a minimum expectation. You expect. You know, I, I want to have a big house. I want to have three cars. I want to have a beautiful wife. I want to have three right. kids. But in Japan, there isn't, there isn't expectation. Yeah. So, so that's one really good thing is yeah. that, is that because the expectation isn't there, then, then life can be a little bit more normal. Right. But the expectation also relates to, for example, buying a house. That's right. In Japan, you don't buy a house because it, it'll go up in value. You buy a house because you want to live there. That's all. You know, yeah. That's you know, right. and what that means is, is, that, is that the stock market and, and, and the housing market is it, 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 true Stag value. That's right. Right? That's you true. know, it's That's stagnant. But, but the great thing is, it doesn't go up and it doesn't go down. That's right. That's right. You know, yeah, so there's very little risk. I mean, let's say in the States and UK, you, you, you overextend yourself on a house in a firm belief that it'll go up in value and it doesn't. And you basically commit suicide, right? That's right. That's right. So... You know, so I think, you know, that that's kind of something I think which is really, really important is this kind of whole like expectation. Um, I think that Japan, yeah, does it really, really does it very, very well, I think. Yeah. And the second thing here is that there's this massive middle class here. I mean, it makes up like 90% of the whole population. And, and everybody has a very similar life, a similar salary. You know, how old are you? You get paid X amount of money. It doesn't really matter how good you are, how bad you are, because mm -hmm. the company is not 
done on an individual basis is done on, on a team basis, you know. So mm. I, I remember getting a guy from NEC, a sales guy. What's your sales target? Oh, four billion dollars. Well, that's a massive sales target. Oh no, it's not mine. It's my group sales target. That's what right. do you mean your group sales target? Got <laughs> well, five hundred of us. That's so how right. much money did you make? I, I don't know. That's right. I mean, did, did you hit your target? I think so. Did you get a sales bonus? No, we don't get bonus. We just get paid a base salary. Oh, okay. So it's really interesting. You know, so that, that I, I think that really saves Japan. It does. You know, yeah, where, where, where people will endure uh, right. because they feel it's completely normal to do so. Well, Neil, that's what helped them also when they're as, mm. as one of the, as the strongest military power mm. in Asia. Mm. Yeah. They had that group mentality and they believed yep. this when they went in not like all the other let's say armies where they had supply chains japan does right right when they went in they only got what they got right so whatever they conquered they got the key that's how they had that's how they worked but they did not yep. have a supply chain or anyone supporting right. them from the back they did it as a group yep. there's so many things in yeah. japan that if you have that type of personality this place is wonderful for you. But for people coming from a Western world or a more aggressive society, they'll come over here and they'll want to commit suicide. Because <laughs> they have so to wait like, so you know, Yeah. So living in Japan is like playing golf. You know, yeah. It's a great analogy. So, Good so, analogy. So I like that. that. You know, so you, you basically play golf the first time ever. Everything is fun. The ball goes in the lake, you laugh. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. It's just really fun. So it's the same as when you first come to Japan. It's like, wow. This place is awesome. So many lights, so many beautiful people, great food, it's awesome. Then the next stage, this is a difficult one. So in golf, where you said, well, actually, I quite like playing golf, so I'd like to, I'd like to learn how to play golf a, a little bit more. So now every shot that goes in the lake becomes very painful. And every shot that doesn't go on a fairway is very, very painful. And in Japan, the second step is, is what we call, you know, the why, the why stage. Why? But why? Why? Can I park my car here? No. Why? why? Yeah. I don't want broccoli. I want rice. No, you can't. But why? why? Yeah. You know, so as soon as you get past that why bit, then, then Japan starts to make sense again. It's just like, this is just the way it is. You know, and, and then and, and then you, you go back home, to, you know, to your home country for, for, for a vacation. You realize just how awful it is back there. And then you think, like, and then you think Japan is actually pretty cool. There's no crime here. There's no danger. My, my, my daughter, my wife can come back late at night without any fear of being attacked. That's you know, right. there's no guns here. There's no drugs here. Right. I mean, it's an incredibly, you know, and, and, and this kind of goes on to the second bit of what I said before. In Japan, everybody kind of needs to know what will happen before it happens. That's right. So, you know, so, so they have to, like, for example, will it, will it rain tomorrow? Yeah. Yes. Okay, I'll bring an umbrella. And they will it's do super it regardless. For them, right? right. You know, yes, they won't go out without checking the weather just in case they need an umbrella. That's right. So for Japanese people, because there isn't so much confidence and because they're quite pessimistic, they, they need to have this, this feeling that they know what will happen next. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. And generally, Japan has a very pattern-based culture where nothing unusual happens. You know, at certain times of the year, you do things, go places, eat certain foods, eat certain, wear certain clothes and talk to certain people. You know, yeah, I mean, but this is what happens every single year. You know, yeah, so it's, it's but also the weather is completely predictable. You have the rainy season in June, the typhoon season in August and September. Outside of that, it doesn't rain. So you know it's going to rain in those two months. That's so right. you don't plan anything, right? That's right. That's you know, right. so, so, so that's what I'm saying. It, it, you know, it, where I come from in the UK, 
I mean, it could rain every day. That's right. For a year. Many times it does, yes. Yeah, yeah. And then, 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 then one year it doesn't rain at all. That's right. There's absolutely no logic whatsoever. You know, yeah, no pattern, you know, yeah. You know, one thing but, that but I used to tell people. Go ahead, go on. No, please, please, please. No, I was going to say that when I used to give interviews and all the, all the time, I've told you this before, people would come here for the first time and I'd say, well, listen, you're going to go through culture shock. And they'd think, yes. And I'd say, wait, wait, let me finish what I have to say. After you've lived in Japan for at least a year and go back mm -hmm. to wherever you come from and realize right. what you learned to put up with, yeah. that's when you're going to run into culture shock because Japan is so service-oriented and you're coming in oh, yeah. high-level expat. You're going to go yeah. back and wonder why you never left earlier, why you hadn't left yeah, earlier yeah. in your it's country. Because this place I think the, 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 yeah, the key thing that everybody says when they go back home is how bad the service is back home. It's because they've learned, you know I mean? come to a place that's service-oriented. Yeah. And, and also, you know, there's only two types of foreigners in Japan, those right. that are surviving and those that are thriving. This yeah. is the wrong country as a foreigner to come in and try to survive in. Yeah, it's not, it is not kind to survivors. But if you're nope. thriving and have those benefits, you live at, a, at the level of the richest Japanese, basically. Yeah, yeah. You no, know. I mean, you know, so, but, you know, we, we, there are, there's always going to be negative sides to Japan. Yeah. I mean, it's a very xenophobic country. It is. I mean, you know, there's a lot of suspicion to foreigners. I mean, I, I remember, you know, looking at a news article and the woman goes, oh, my house, a person broke into my house. Or who broke in? I don't know. But it, it was probably a foreigner. It was probably a foreigner. Yes, yes. And, yes. and then he goes, "Why do you think it was a foreigner? Because Japanese people wouldn't do that." Right. You know, yeah. Then right. I felt saying like, "Because you know, yakuza don't exist in Japan, of course." Right, right. You know. Or criminals don't you know, exist. Come on. No, no. It's, yeah, it's, right. It's never, so, so what happened before all the foreigners came here? Who was robbing you then? Right. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah, but, but again, but it's very, very easy to do that, right? That's I true. think also in, in UK, you know, we did it with certain. You know, Indian, Pakistani, and certain. Well, Asian, every well, it's, it's a human issue that we. That yeah, it's we, a human. We issue. always want to blame someone who's not a part of our tribe right. or our group. Right, right, right. They will sure, always sure, be sure. the culprits, whatever it is. Sure. Let me, Neil. As a father, yes. you have a you yes. have a daughter that's fifteen. Yes. Or 15, sixteen now. Sixteen yes. now, and your married and your wife now. is Japanese. Yes. Right. Right. Do you want to tell us how yeah. you how you how you met or? Well, yeah. I mean, so when I was actually English teaching for a short period of time. My wife had actually been over in New York uh, studying there, uh -huh. uh, doing dance. And she kind of came back and got a job as a, a bilingual secretary in the school. Right. And that's basically where I found, you know, found, found her. Mm -hmm. And then, um, then, yeah, we basically just lived together and eventually got married. And then we had our daughter quite late in life, about 36, I think we were. Yeah. And uh, we just had the one daughter, I mean, you know, for, for various reasons. Yeah. Um, and uh, so uh, my daughter's 16 now, so she goes to... Uh, um, a said. very nice all-girls all school, yeah. uh, you know, international school. So, um, so in hindsight, having a one child for me personally was actually quite good because financially it was very manageable. <laughs> you know, yeah, you know, I, I can on. send my one daughter to a very good school. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah, and also, like I said, by the time we had the baby, I mean, it was it was quite late and it was a difficult pregnancy and stuff. So we just said, okay, look, if you're happy with one, then we'll just do one. You mm -hmm. know, yeah. So yeah, so we were pretty happy with one. So we had the one, and mm -hmm. it's okay. It's yeah. okay. It's okay. I know that you have your four kids. Right? I have my four sons, and I tell you, yes. I wanted to have four kids, but I was hoping for a at girl. least at least two girls in that mix, <laughs> at least two. But I ended up with four sons, yeah. and I couldn't be happier. Yeah, yeah. It's just yeah, that yeah. I wanted I wanted the girls, the two girls, for selfish reasons because, like yourself, I can see your tender side, but oh, had yeah. you had a boy, you Very wouldn't hard. be able. Very you would you wouldn't have been able to address that side because you would have had no one to no. address it with. 
Yeah. Because because that experience. I, I, I say, you know what I mean? But having your daughter, I can see the tenderness in yeah. you. Whenever you talk oh, about yeah. her. Whenever you talk about I think about a father and daughter has a very, completely very different. Oh, most definitely. Yeah. And so, yeah, does, so does a mother and her son. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. And you know, what the, you know what I think attributes to that, Neil, is the fact that we don't understand the other sex. So you're always giving them leeway. You yeah, can sure. never tell your daughter I understand your feelings because she's a female and you're a male. Yeah, yeah, That's sure. what society's trying to tell us now. <laughs> and the same thing with my wife to her sons. She's yeah. always, and I know she doesn't get the message. Like, for example, when my boys used to go in the restroom and lock the door and be in there for hours, she would be asking, what? And I said, leave them alone. I said, just leave them alone and yeah. let them be in there. That's the only room in the house that sure. they can lock the door to. Yeah, yeah, so absolutely. And she didn't under, she, I don't know if she understands now. But she, uh, I have conversations with some Japanese women who have sons, and they come to me and say, I just don't understand. And you never Why does he do things? And I said to them, because you're a woman. That's right. I said, said there's, there's nothing, because, you know, they're just different. So, so again, I mean, you know, a, a classic analogy is like, you know, you, you have a door in front of you. A boy will go up to the door and basically headbutt the door like a hundred times without realizing that you can turn the door and open it. But a girl will go up and, and open it. Right. This is just the way the boys learn, you know, yeah. That's Until true. they have a crash or a bang or whatever or a wallop, they That's won't right. remember anything. That's right. But girls do. They they learn very, very quickly. Right. Now, you know, yeah. I, you're you know. from you're from Wales, right? Yes. Can you speak Welsh? So I remember I was brought up in Asia. Uh, you were. So so for how long? But, for, but this is, what, from what age? From what age? From no, from basically from zero to seven I was in Asia. Okay. Got you. So your first language but, was but, English. Yeah, English. but this is actually a very, 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 um, quite a heavy topic, okay. you know, yeah. So when I was younger, so yeah, one of the things about culture is language is the key of culture. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, when you speak a language, you become that, basically that culture becomes you. So it used to be that English had to be spoken, you know, yeah. So, and English was spoken, and then we would learn, for example, German or French in, mm -hmm. in, in junior high school, high school. But then the the the, the Welsh National Party and um, and nationalism kind of came up, and so from about I think about twelve years ago, uh, by law you have to teach Welsh That's right. in Welsh schools. That's right. So a lot more kids now speak Welsh, That's right. um, and if you want to be in government in Wales, you have to be able to speak Welsh. You know, yeah. So, so I'm quite proud of that. Mm -hmm. So now a lot more people speak Welsh. Well, do you? Uh, well, so I, I speak some, some words, I can count, you know, yeah, my, my father spoke Welsh. Okay. But sadly, when he spoke Welsh means I was, I was going to get hide, hiding. Because whenever I did something bad, he would speak oh, Welsh got you, I got you, got to, you. My, to my mum. And then I knew I was in trouble, you mm -hmm. know, yeah. So, you know, but, but it's a beautiful language. Welsh is, is, is an absolutely gorgeous language to listen to. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you ever watch rugby and just listen to the Welsh supporters singing, in the mm -hmm. rugby game, it, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing. It's similar to like the Scottish with the bagpipes. Yes, 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 yes. It's incredibly yes. powerful. So how long, did you live in, how long did you live in Wales? So from the age of seven until about 20. Oh, so yeah. you lived there quite a while. Seven okay, wow. Yeah, so it's basically high school, junior high school, high school, and then uh, university. And then after university, that's when I basically left. Well, then you yeah, understand like, you understand Welsh more than you speak it. Yeah, well, so, but, so, again, this is another thing we need to understand. So, sorry. Geographically, Wales is a very interesting place. So, South Wales generally speaks English, and North Wales generally speaks Welsh. And you're from it's South Wales. It's kind of Wales. a divide. 
yeah, I'm a South Wales person. Gotcha. And the reason for that is, uh, historically, North Wales is very mountainous, so it was very, very difficult to invade it. You could A lot of valleys, it. a lot of areas, yes. Yeah, I... right, you know, very high mountains. So right. I know King Henry VIII, anybody speaking Welsh, was killed on the spot. I mean, that was his way of controlling the Welsh. So North Walesians mm -hmm. um, see themselves as being true Welsh. Gotcha. And the South Wales, because, because it's flatter land, it was much easier to be conquered and invaded. Right. right. Yeah. But now, of course, they speak a lot more Welsh now, of course. Mm. Yes, yes. Because yeah. the reason why I asked is because the person I interviewed just a while ago, and you, if you look at right. it on the, on the podcast, I shouldn't say interview, but we sat down and had this podcast, right. is the principal of the British school. Oh, okay. And he's Welsh. Is he a Welshman? He, no he spoke, he spoke Welsh at the end. He spoke Welsh at the end to me. I said, say something to me. He said, good afternoon. Both of his teachers, both of his parents were teachers. His father's Greek and his mother's yes. Welsh. And he, oh, had to, he had to speak Welsh. Right, right. You know, and he speaks, yeah, I think so. he speaks Greek as well. But anyway, it was very interesting talking to him. Really yeah. pleasant guy. Really nice guy. Yeah. I'll I have thought to I was the only Welshman here. I'll have, no, I'll have to induce the two of you. You'll have a good time. But he, but he speaks Welsh, so I guess he'll say yeah. all the time. He has this very similar personality. He's very, very friendly, very, sure. very likable, good person. I mean, you know, if you think about, for example, Wales, I mean, it was a, I mean, it's quite a hard place, really. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you look at South Wales, I mean, you have your coal mining. Right. Uh, that, that was basically, that. and, uh, and, and the, the coal in South Wales uh, was a very special coal called steam coal. Okay. And what it was, it had a very, very high methane content, so it burned very hot. Okay. So this coal was used in the steamships and in the steam engines because it generated so much power. And it was very clean. So, it was clean coal, Yeah, very clean, right? yeah. Yes. So, so basically, Wales, uh, all the coal from Wales drove the Industrial Revolution mm -hmm. and uh, the First and Second World Wars when they used steam. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it was quite a hard life. And uh, mm -hmm. coal mining, as you know, was quite a, a dangerous occupation. That's right. So that's right. Uh, my, all my grandfathers died very young um, right. from black lung pneumocolios. Yes, yes, um, yes. Or, yes. or from accidents uh, in the mines. Right. Um, and my last uh, relative that died was, uh, he was actually, in the end, was a rescue diver where he would go down with a lamp mm -hmm. and with a canary. And oh, he would right. walk along. If there's now, gas, you, right. you, you think it's a movie, but it's not. So the canaries' oh. metabolism is so fast that they basically instantly die when they inhale methane. Right. So he would walk along the because um, to have to get to the coal mine wall, you mm -hmm. had to walk sometimes a kilometer or two kilometers, and um, and the and the walkway sometimes wasn't flat. It would go down and go up. Okay. So methane, there are two kinds of methane. One methane will... will, will it's heavier than air, right? Yeah, I think it's called wet or damp. And then the other one is black, which, is, which will go on the ceiling. Okay. So it's when you walk air. along the, the coal mine, you'd sing a song and you swing low and you swing high. Gotcha. Um, and, uh, and he said that he remembered very sadly an entire group of 100 men uh, on the way to the coal face basically all died, where they went down a dip. Uh, in the walkway, and, the and they never came out. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, they, they, they all died. You know, yeah, so, so, but that was the way it was. So in a coal, in a village, a coal mining village, you'd have a pub, mm -hmm. you'd have a church, mm -hmm. and you'd have a corner shop, which is usually the the, 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 the the collieries corner shop because they didn't pay with money; they paid you in credits right. that you could only spend in the corner shop, right? Yes. Um, so yeah, really, really interesting. Yeah, really, really interesting. So wow. you know. Did you, ever, did you ever think that you were going to end up staying in Wales when you were there? Or did you ever, did you have aspirations to leave the country when you were young? Yeah, I mean, because I, I hadn't really grown up there. I mean, until I was about seven. 
and where we were living, we were right on the border. So it's, it's a lovely area. I mean, the, the village in which we live in was really famous for Roman. One of the, one of the Roman fortresses was there. So there's amphitheaters and barracks. So it was really quite an international kind of place. So it wasn't the valleys. I wasn't mid Wales. Mm -hmm. So for me, um, I, I never really thought I would stay there because I never really fitted in. I did. I, I was just different. I had a different kind of life, and uh, it just didn't seem like it was enough for me. Where'd you so think you'd when I was, So you were you were attracted yeah, to Asia I, I since just, you grew up in Asia. I mean, not so much. I, I just felt as though I should be traveling. So, okay. like rugby was a fantastic platform for that. You right. know, I could go to many many countries and and say I play rugby, and then usually you'd be adopted. Basically, right. you know, they'd help you out. You stay with somebody, they'll find you. A but job. the pay was when you first started. There was no real pay in rugby, was so it? So you used to get, I think, get housing money. Right, you, you get, get food, food, money. food, something to eat, and a place to stay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's some places like Italy and South Africa, you could get paid. Okay. You know, yeah. But invariably, you'd go somewhere, you start playing rugby, and they'll find you a part-time job. You know, gotcha. yeah. You know, so you if you're good, if you're good enough, if you're good enough. Yeah, if you're good enough, yeah. Right. So you, generally, I, I could get a job and stuff. And uh, Or if you're British, you get a working holiday visa, you know, for like New Zealand, Australia, you could work there legally. Right. You know, so yeah, it was okay. It was kind of fun. Well, you have a yeah. British passport, of course. Yeah, British passport, okay. a Singaporean passport. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was born in Singapore. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, yeah. But British passport, yeah, sure. British passport. I have a, wow. as you know, same as you in Asia, Ken. That's right. Like That's right. Yeah. Do you plan on Do you plan on staying in Japan indefinitely, or are you thinking about moving on? No, so I, I'm actually very comfortable here. I'll be very honest with you. Why I, I have no you not be? Yeah. Yeah, no issue at all. But uh, my daughter will be leaving in two years see how you say um, it? look look see everyone watching if you're going to see if you want to see someone look sad when they yeah. when they speak about their daughter leaving yeah, make yeah. sure you watch the video the video on youtube of this podcast mm. Neil, when yeah he's, he's almost oh, about no, to cry <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm dreading the time i'm see? dreading it you know but but also very happy as well of course yeah right? you know yeah so, so she'll be going on in two years so then she probably yeah, what, does, she know what, does she know where she's going to go I mean, what country? Uh, she probably UK. She'd like okay. to go to a good university, maybe do right. medical related stuff. So yeah, she's that's right. She wants to become a doctor. Yeah. Yeah, she's much smarter than me. No, you know, no, yeah. no. Come on. Come you know, so she's doing the international baccalaureate, which is kind of a cool thing uh -huh. uh, through SAISEN. So she'll do that right. and then go over to UK. So maybe my wife might go over for a few months just to help her kind of settle in and stuff right. like that. Um, come mean, right back here. Yeah, but I have a house in UK. I mean, what would it be? Would it be that I could? Do a, live a little bit over there and a little gotcha. bit over here. If she decides yeah, to stay maybe, there, if she decides maybe. to stay yeah, there, yeah, 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 yeah. Because I have but a I feeling she's. That, you think she's going to want to come back? That, yeah, but no. But I said to her, kind of almost not to. I, I just don't. I just don't feel that Japan is a is a fair place for women. You know, even though it's getting better. You okay. know, yeah. So I said to my daughter, work in Europe, work in UK, mm. and then come back maybe as an expat or with a company. Right. Then this is a good life. But right. to come back as just just a generic woman who's been overseas. That might be wrong. Very, That's true. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you know, but she's welcome to do whatever she wants up to her. Uh, I'm not going to live my life for yeah. her. That's true. Oh, yeah. So that's yeah. I think you've done a good job with your daughter. That's great. Uh, yeah. that's I think my wife is in a bed. Yeah. Look at yeah. that. But it's good. It's a good thing. So, yeah. so anyway, so you went on. You went on to do your businesses, of course, and then you yes. told me about Crypto Lock. Yeah. What, what's on the horizon now besides the crypto lock? I know that's on the horizon. That's what you're really working yeah, on. Uh, yes, yeah, so we've got the crypto lock stuff going on and uh, hopefully the the, um, the COVID thing might settle down a bit. So a few of my other kind of areas of interest, you know, the autonomous driving and the, that kind of stuff might become a bit better. 
But also, um, I'm also I have a close relationship with a very good friend of mine that relates to the 5G and 6G technologies. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, we think that Japan has a very good chance of uh, perhaps investing in 6G because it hasn't been set yet. Um, and, uh, you know, the Fujitsu's, the NEC's, these kind of companies, we really want them to try, because they were so far behind in 3G, 4G, 5G. They were, they were. Um, that they can never catch up. You know, yeah, the Huawei's, the, the Ericsson's, and Nokia's. But I think the next 6G, I think that um, they have a chance to do something. Mm. So I'm maybe going to be working with him, to, also working with the government, hopefully, to try to encourage um, Japan to invest in a few key companies, maybe in America or in Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and then hopefully we'll get some of these big uh, Japanese companies to to start to think about the future a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So that could be good. Um, yeah. So maybe in the wireless area could be interesting. Are you working with people here in Japan? Are you talking about someone who's outside of Japan? I have a very, very good friend Japan? of mine. Yeah, I have a very good friend here um, who, who he's like he's like you. He's like my big brother, mm-hmm. and he's an incredibly smart guy. He used to be a very high level guy for a very large American mm-hmm. uh, wireless company, mm-hmm. and uh, and I meet with him once a week and we sit down and we talk and. And we talk about all kinds of things. And we talk about like strategies and talk about, you know, relate the business. And yeah, he's a really cool guy. And he's also helping out with crypto as well. That's something I'm trying to do. You're not talking about the vulnerable. I know Muhammad. Yes, yes. Muhammad. See, he and I are going to get together. I have to listen. I'm All of us should sit down because I'm looking yeah. to start. Yeah. Actually, I'm thinking about buying some internet business right. because that's the thing right. you have to do that are already right. set right. up. But we have yeah. to do our, we have to do our, you know, due diligence to make sure that they're yeah. working, and get those and do a better job with them than probably was done before. And oh yes, yeah. so, I mean, like you know, so with Muhammad, we sit down usually two or three hours once a week, and we talk about absolutely everything from he's politics to I love to religion to everything, and he's just, yeah. he, oh, he's, he's just he's he's, yes. he's he's an epic individual, yes. as are yourself, and. Uh, just to sit down yeah. with like-minded people and have conversations about things that you don't normally talk about. It's just true? so incredible. Isn't it? You know, recha- yeah, so- it recharges you. It helps you to understand why you're here. Yeah, it fills all the gaps that you didn't know needed to be filled, really. Because yeah. I think, there's, I think, there's, I think there's, there's a lot of gaps in people. They don't I quite so. realize it. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. So, the, yeah. So, so I think, yeah, yourself, me and Mohammed sit down. Yeah. I think it will be an absolutely that. epic chat. Yeah. He's been yeah, asking me to do that for a long time. He's been saying, let's oh, get together, let's get together. Guy. And he wants to, we just, you know, just time and stuff. You and I only yeah. got together because yeah. of the bikes. Yeah, Other yeah. than that, I, I need to have a real, real, real reason. But it, it, was, it was a lovely so many platform people. to begin, right? That's true. I mean, you know, let's That's be honest. Thing. I mean, Lance, I mean, you're, you're this larger than life guy. You're the no, come on. You know no, 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 no. You no. are. Of no. Tokyo, you're a very modest man, you know, no. of Tokyo American Club, you're a very successful guy. I mean, a lot of times it's like, you know, how do you talk to people like this? What can you <laughs> oh, offer? Come on, Neil. You know, no, no, seriously. You, you got to think like, you know, like, like what? Because I think every relationship, there has to be some point of need. Right. You know, be that yeah. need to feel happy, need from business, need whatever. But there has to be some reason. Some reason. You know, yeah, of course, cool, you know, I mean, like, oh, but we like each other, but that's a reason. You know, that's we true. talk about things that, and that's another reason. Yeah. You know, yeah. And my so, son so loves you. My son loves you. He's loving oh, your he's BMW. A, he's a lovely fellow. Lewis, because you sold him, yeah. your, you gave yeah. him your BMW. Anyway, so. Yes, yes. <laughs> he's been driving that, riding that all over the place. And he but loves it. But he'll get it fixed, apparently. He's got he a problem it. with it, yeah. So, so oh, he's, he's, he said he had something. That, uh, yeah. Yeah, so, so I'll get it fixed if nothing See, for him. Because he's, he's, I'm, I'm the type of father that you are in the respect that I want my children to live their life. So he wanted to buy. He wanted to buy a Yamaha Harley lookalike. 
And I said, ah, right. I said, no, Lewis, no, like a no. Or something, if right? you want, yes. I said, if you want a Harley, buy a uh -huh. Harley. And he yeah. did, because yeah. I wanted him to do that for that reason. Yes. Now he'll yeah. never, ever buy another Harley. But he, yeah. but he fought it to find out why. Because if he would have got the Yamaha that looks like it, he would have ended up getting a Harley afterwards, thinking yeah. it was as nice as the Yamaha, which it isn't. Or you'll spend lots of money making the Yamaha That's look like a Harley. Exactly. And which it never will be. Yeah, a Harley's a Harley. I said to my daughter, you know, like, you know, one of the things I've learned, what's the little thing you've learned, Dad, is that you, you pay for what you get. That's right. I mean, you know, yeah, so if you want to buy something, buy a good one. It That's lasts right. a lot longer and you're a lot happier. That's right. You know, yeah, I mean, it's just the way it is, right? Because we bought right. some new shoes for school for her right. and they were like, you know, 300 bucks. My, my, my wife is like, I've never bought shoes worth that much money. And I said, but she, but she goes to school five days a week. But you also said, you know, yeah. you, you, you've never been my daughter either. <laughs> Exactly. I said, but you've got lots of handbags, so it should be okay. You know, yeah, but that's just the way it is, right? It is, it is. Yeah. You want yeah, to try to help your kids in certain ways, but there's certain things that you want to make, let them find out about. Like, oh, absolutely. Like, what it's like to have pain, what it's like to, to yeah. not accomplish things, what it's not like to be first. I don't like the idea what they've done with schools where everyone gets a participation award. Uh, Regardless of what place it, they it, came in. This first, second, third place. What are you talking about? What are you it's, trying to it's, teach them? It's that a disservice. The world yeah. So, in UK, I, I, we talked about this last time on the ride, yeah. right? Where yeah. went to this local local uh, school in, in in Wales, and uh, it's called a non-competing school where everybody's a winner. So they had like a sports day, and uh, and basically you run and you win. You know, yeah. So my daughter, being quite tall with long legs, runs like the wind. She was winning too many things. So the teacher said, "No, you're winning too many things now. You have to let somebody else win." And then my daughter came up to me and said, "Daddy, I don't understand." So said, she told me I shouldn't, I shouldn't win. And she said, "But surely the, the best person should be winning." And I said, "Well, you'd think so." You know. Mm -hmm. So then I went up to the headmistress and I said to her, "I respect you. I think it's a lovely school." I said, "But you're doing the kids a disservice because the world is not this way." It will it, never it, be. It, it really, and it would never be this way, no matter how much we want it to be. And I, I said, to be honest with you, it should never be that way. That's right. You know, yeah, I mean, you know, there, there needs to be, you know, there needs to be a different level of people that people can aspire to something, people can, you know, contribute. Yeah, it's funny, it's funny, like we understand that in the animal kingdom, which we're actually a part yeah. of, we understand yeah. the strongest predators will survive, the weaker ones yeah. will perish. But yeah. we're trying to give ourselves we're doing ourselves a big disservice by allowing us to believe that the weaker one's going to be okay. The one that this real well, sense oversensitive is going to be okay. They're not going to be okay. Well, They're the not going to be okay. The thing is, is that these days, sometimes they do succeed. But no, no. Sometimes, you know, listen, some of the minorities, you know, yeah. But Neil, uh, Neil they have to be assisted for that to happen. They cannot ah, yeah, do that on their own. See, I agree. they have someone strong behind them. That's the only way yep. they can make it. Yeah. And that's, that's why... That's why it's really fake because without that strong person or people yeah. behind them, yeah, they, there'd be nothing. They'd out in a heartbeat, they would and not. And the problem is, is because they're given that for free, they never get any better. Right. They never need to get any better. They, need, they never need to learn more. They never need to become That's stronger. Right. That's Because right. there's always somebody there that will take care of them. That's right. You know, yeah. I mean, but you know, I mean, yeah. Hardship is, I think, is the key. Was I mean, that? like when I, the hardship. You know, when I when I, I hire yes. people for my company. If they haven't had, if they don't understand hardship, then they never understand when something is good and when something is bad. That's right. You know, yeah. So I mean, so but so if I hire a middle-aged guy that has a family, 
mm-hmm. you know, who's been through the Lehman shock or been through you know, 9-11 or been through the Asian crisis, been through the Fukushima issue, they understand hardship. You know, yeah, like a, a year of nothing. Right. You know, yeah, I mean, I, I remember the, the Lehman shock. I mean, I, I had no money for a year. I sold my watches. I sold my bike, my motorbike. I sold my bicycle. I sold everything. I didn't go out one day, one day in that year. I mean, it was, it was, it was, it was really, it was, was but, but it was great. Because when, when things got better, we didn't change. My, right. my wife would say, do we need Steve. to do that? Steve, do we mind. need to buy that? Should yes. we go here? Should we go there? And if the answer was yes, you say, okay. And if the answer was no, then we wouldn't do it. Right. You know, so you start to realize that sometimes a simple pleasure in life costs absolutely nothing. That's his method. You know, walk in the park and go to the beach. I mean, it doesn't matter. I think you the know, most yeah. important thing is having a partner or having people around you who understand yeah. that feeling. Mm. Yeah, you don't have to go sure. the same brand. Don't have to have it this way. Yeah. You can enjoy it on your own. You know, they can, yeah, yeah. Uh, don't forget about the things we can do on our own. Sure. You know, that we forget it about. It doesn't have to be, you know, yeah. Because yeah. when, we, when we were young, Yes. There was no such thing. I, mean, I had a black and white TV. There, there were no games. I mean, I think That's Atari right. just out, but <laughs> no, I couldn't afford it. The games were mud outside and some rocks. You yeah, know. yeah. I, had, I, had marbles, Mar- I had marbles. Yes. I had marbles. I had toy soldiers. <laughs> I had Monopoly board. And I'll tell you what. And I, all the I, insects, I remember, all the insects that you would take and deal with, put maybe strings, tie strings to, or either put fire to ants. Right. Oh, right. yeah, exactly. of course. But, oh, yes. you know, climb trees, you know, go swimming, build tree houses. But, but it was so much fun. It was. You know, yeah. But now, okay. yeah. So I, I was in a yogi park uh, today, uh, cycling. And uh, there's all these trees around me. Mm-hmm. And not one person's climbing any of them. Right. When I was I, younger, when I was younger, geez, every single tree like 50 people in it. Something happened. Wait. Go on, go on. Okay, now. It was, oh, sorry. Yeah. So, you know, so, yeah, so with a tree, you know, it's just like there's a tree. Uh-huh. Climb it, you have to. But in Japan, nobody climbs trees. No. Nobody on a back home, nobody climbs. Yeah, you know, it's it's amazing, right? And in the and in the parks, especially in the international schools, everything's padded, including the ground. Sure. So kids sure. don't know what. If you say, "Have you ever had a scab?" The kids don't even know what a scab is. Yeah, they've never seen a scab. But see, that was a that was a badge of honor when you were a little kid to come 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 home, come to school the next day, and your scabs had gotten nice and brown on your knees or your. Sure. Or you lay it on the side of your face because you came off your bike bad. And sure. You, yeah, come on. And you and guess what? Played you, you did not stay home. Yeah. You went to school yeah. with yeah, a yeah, big yeah. patch of on course. your face the very next of day. I've been playing rugby. I used to come to school. <laughs> oh yeah, just, you told me some of your stories. Oh, good lord above. <laughs> but that was the your way arm back. Wait, 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 oh, wait. Yeah. Neil. Let's talk about recent. When you came yes. to the American Club and you're yes. walking up. You come walking up on the outside in the park area, yeah. and your whole right arm was yeah. bloody. And I said, Neil, yeah. your arms, and you said, yeah, I just came off my bike. And it was skinned all the way up to the shoulder, all the way down yeah. to the wrist. I thought, what's, what's they say, oh, it's going to get better. But you're scaring people. The thing I was concerned about, <laughs> I'm not worried, but people are going to think someone just attacked you. So why right. you know, the little kids are going to start crying when they see you, because you look, you were torn up. Yeah. That was yeah. not nice. But I've hurt myself so many times. That was that was a one of one, one out of ten. I mean, I, I, I've had I've had some nine out of tens in my life. I, I mean, know you've told me, but knee problems, that... shoulder problems, jaws, noses. I mean, who was the guy that we were riding with? Who you rode with? And I think you guys were riding in Africa or someplace. And oh yeah, Jeff. Yeah, Jeff. Was it, where yeah, were you guys Jeff, riding yeah. when you ran into him? Uh, Australia. 
or, or you came over a dune or something and he yeah, saw yeah. your wife out and he knew that was it well i mean like we, we what we were we were in australian outback and you have these incredibly long straight roads and it's very dusty right. and i was basically behind him for way too long like basically went a little bit crazy and overtook him about 100 kilometers an hour but i overtook him on a corner i didn't know it was a corner and uh, the corners had massive boulders and a big cliff so uh, i made a decision to, to crash my bike to stop myself from I'm killing going myself. over the cliff yeah right so i basically laid my bike down at about 100 miles an hour mm-hmm. on the on, on on the on the 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 rough road right and slid about 100 meters wow yeah 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 no it was okay it was okay, yeah. it was okay. but you tore your bike yeah. up didn't you i tore myself up very badly that yeah. day Wow. Yeah, yeah yeah it wasn't good but i mean but again it's okay but, but these aren't the, the ones i heard are like you know when you go in a hospital and you, you, you snap all your tendons in your shoulder and you snap your bicep muscle and break your collarbone and break your ribs. That's a lot more fun. That's, that's when you... <laughs> <laughs> was there ever a time when you thought, okay, I had en- I've had enough? Well, I mean, I remember when I did my shoulder the second time. I did it. And I remember sitting down on, on, on the ground thinking, I can't believe I did that again. How stupid was that? The same shoulder? And then knowing, the same shoulder? Yeah, other shoulder, other shoulder. And then thinking like I've got about eight or nine months ahead of me now. That's right. Of not being able to Do shower, only, only wash one side of my body, you know, yeah. So that, that, was, that was kind of the realization thinking like, so I, I stopped doing off-road riding because it's just too, too easy to hurt yourself. That's right. So I do on-road riding, but I mean, but I'm not loopy. I mean, I have some friends that ride ridiculously fast. I know. Fast. I watch you. Guys. And it's very, it's very uncomfortable for me. So yeah. for me, I mean, I drive as I ride as fast as as, as I can honestly yeah. ride, and and my my goal is is to come home every time. Yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah. So my friend goes, "How fast do you ride?" And I say, "As, as fast as I can stop." Yeah. You know. Yeah. So that's, I, I that's how. Able, that's how I ride. Know. When I was with you yeah, guys, yeah. I'm thinking about my bike, and. We passed by a guy that just wiped his bike out, and you guys are still oh, going like bats out. You saw, we we were watching it. You you we were with could, me. We could have gone about. Yes, we had him, and this cat was white. This guy was wiped out, and we're watching. The car, right? Yeah, yeah he's sitting. Down, he's sitting down there holding his head or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he had just torn his bike up. That bike was not going to be Yeah, I felt sorry for the car driver. And you guys passed. Slow down. Just well, I don't call it slow down. You looked, and you guys continued to take off. Boom. And I went, okay, that didn't help. More, go ahead. You guys enjoy your. To be honest with you, we could have gone about another thirty percent faster. Yeah. What's that? We could have gone thirty percent faster that oh, well, day. You were still leaving. But I didn't want. I wasn't comfortable because it was. It was a brand new bike. I, I just lent it for the day, right? So I, I never ridden right. it before. Was that? That yeah, was so the right. That was. That was, that was the same Scrambler, just that's a, right. a different. That's different that's scrambler. Right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So I hadn't ridden it before, so I couldn't go that fast on it. Yeah. Shoot, that, yeah. Was, more than, that was faster than I'm willing to go, and it's not that. And the thing is, because of my bike is the reason why I wouldn't do it. Only because of, of my bike. But I think, sure. I don't know, even if I did have a bike, unless it was incredibly comfortable, like the Rocket 3, the new one they have, yeah, yeah. I don't see the need to. For what? Well, see, well that's the difference. I mean, yeah. so, I don't see the to need be to. really honest with you, I mean, like, yeah. riding bikes is like when I exercise, when I ride my bicycle, it's not for other people, it's for myself. That's right. That's you know, right. And I love to share it with certain things. So for that's example, right. bicycle riding, I always go by myself. That's it's right. a very personal thing for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But motorbike riding, I love to ride with my friends. Friends, yeah. Uh, but there's a there's a safety aspect to that. That's true. You know, because you know, because something happens, I need somebody to help me. 
That's right. You know, that's yeah. Right. That's you, right. you know, that that's why, you know, that, that's why for me it's it's just more fun. That's true. More fun. That's true. Yeah, you know, I like to have friends in difficult situations. Yeah. It's, Neil, I wanna thank you for taking the time. My pleasure. We've been talking for almost an hour now. Amazing. It's flown by. Tell me about it.